0: Hello, this is Happy Place, and I'm Fern Cotton. This is the place that allows you to be constantly evolving as a gorgeous, messy human. Today, I'm meeting Rylan.
1: When you get to that lowest place, there is nothing, unfortunately, that can bring you out of it, apart from you. And you could have a million people surrounding you in a circle, telling you it's going to be all right, telling you that everything's going to be okay. but you might as well be deaf because you just can't hear it. You can't see, you can't hear.
0: Singer, presenter and author Rylan has had an incredibly tough time for the last year or so, which he goes into detail about in this chat. But there have been some real positives that have come out of dark times, like learning to be content spending time alone, how to be alone with his thoughts, but also physically alone in public spaces. We had this conversation at the Happy Place Festival, which is why you might catch the odd plane going overhead, and there were a lot of impressed faces hearing about how Ryland pretty much manifested what he wanted his life to look like. He's got a brilliant mindset of not needing other people to tell him what he can and can't do.
2: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card.
0: All right, here's the show. Please, give it up for the one. The phones are coming out. The one. (laughs) Zoom back, he's so tall. The one and only Rylan.
1: Oh, Rylan. We finally did it.
0: Well, you know what's so lovely is Rylan came to our festival in 2019 just for fun, just, just to like, walk laugh, about. Just
1: for a laugh. And I was like,
0: where's the beer?
1: <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, a bit like today, hungover. I know, um, really
0: on brand. And
1: everyone's doing yoga. And I was like, oh. Yeah. But no, you what could probably
0: time. go and do a little session and sweat it all out somewhere. Oh, I'm
1: sweating it out as we speak. Right, good. <laughs> this seat is moist.
0: But do you know what? The good, lovely. <laughs> That's real nice because it's also fabric. So we're gonna. What are we gonna do about that? <laughs> the good thing is you're in the right place to have a hangover because yeah. when you leave, you're gonna feel so pure.
1: I am pure. So pure. <laughs> pure very pure. Pure gin. <laughs> pure gin. Pure gin. No, I'm. Oh hello, look at that. I know. Oh dear, I forgot I did that book.
0: That book. I love that (laughs) book. I read that book. My mum read that book. Um, We're going to talk about that book in a minute. But first of all, I saw on Instagram you just got back from a solo trip to Barcelona, which I thought was the most brilliant thing ever. How did it go?
1: Who am I? Who are you? I've never in my life gone anywhere on my own, ever. And last week, my management were like, you know, you've got a few days off. And I was like, I'm going to go away. And they were like, what? Like, Nads, my manager who's sitting over there, was like, dear, are you sure? Like, is this is, like, a really good idea of you. And literally, I just got on a plane. I went to Barcelona. And I just spent three days of talking to no one, mm. being ignored. I got on a train. I know that sounds really ridiculous. <laughs> but I'm, a, I'm obsessed with trains. But I just can't get on the undergrad no more for fear of being groped. Um, <laughs> and I got on a train. I went to the beach. And I just didn't speak to anyone. Mm. And... It was, obviously I had a very difficult year last year, and I'm slowly coming out of of quite a a bad time. And it was like an ultra reset. It was a real reset. And um, yeah, I I landed back and I got home, and I sort of just caught myself in the mirror and was like, well done, babe, you've done it. Yeah, Yeah. yeah,
0: well done. (laughs) I think it's huge. And it is, it's so liberating doing things on your own. I've met loads of people this weekend who have turned up to the festival on their own. And it's terrifying. It's terrifying going somewhere on your own. I went to a, the only gig I've been to on my own was an Elton John concert in Las Vegas. You're
1: never on your own at an Elton concert, are you? Never. The gays are look after you. Oh, they
0: were. I was embraced by so many gorgeous people. And I had the best night, but I was terrified before I went. And you can't even really place, like, what is that fear? What is, why am I so scared? But it's so liberating to do it.
1: it. Do you know what? It really, really was. And it sounds so silly because loads of people do that. Loads of people do that. But I, do, I think I just got into such a, a thing over the last 10 years that I felt like I can't do certain things because of my job and and things like that. And to be able to actually just do that, it was, it was like jumping out of the plane, if you like, without a parachute, just hoping you're going to land. I didn't know if I was going to be there for the three days or whether I'd be there for two hours, get to the airport, see the taxi queue and go, No! Nope. <laughs> and, like, it's like I didn't book anything. Mm. I just booked the flight and the hotel and that was it. I got to the airport. I stood in line for a taxi. I waited. No one spoke to me. It was just, it was just perfect. And then one thing that I was really, really scared about... Um, was going to eat on my own. Yeah,
0: it's a strange thing to do, it's isn't just, it?
1: it? It was just really playing on my mind. So when I got to the hotel, I was like, right, we'll order room service. I'll just get room service. And then I thought, no, you're a big boy now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I went to a restaurant, obviously, took my comfort blanket, the iPad, making up doing a bit of work, I weren't. <laughs> was doing nothing on it. It was literally turned off. I think it was dead, to be fair. Amazing. And every time someone walked past, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm,
0: yeah. I'm on a call. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, but it was, it, it was just perfect. And if no one's ever done that, and I've got so many messages, actually, from people saying, I've gone through something similar, rah, 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 and I've, been, I've booked a solo trip, and I was a bit nervous, but seeing that, if, you've, if it's something that you want to do, coming from the ultra fear of being on your own person in the world, it was the best thing I did, and I needed to do it.
0: And also, not being able to talk to somebody, you know, not having someone there to go, yeah. oh, I feel like this. I'm worried about that. How did you, how did you deal with that sort of emotional independence? But also, what did you learn about yourself from being silent and just sort of walking around not expressing yourself?
1: Well, I learned that my mum calls me 40 times a day. Right,
0: <laughs> old Lynn.
1: She's now learned I ignore a 39 of those. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Linda loves it. Like. Being on my own and not having that, like a person there to physically talk to, you know, you've, I've always got my phone or I've always got that. And if there I, I had like one little wobble when I was there, a bit like it was on the first night and I was in the hotel and there was like a nice little rooftop bar. And I went and sat up there and everyone was with someone. There was either a group of people or couples and, and things like that. And I was generally the only person in there on my own. And sort of people look at you. As in, like, oh, he's on his own. And then there was this couple next to me, a guy and a girl. And I'm like, oh, all right, Tyler.
0: These flies, <laughs> they've been here all weekends.
1: Like, <laughs> really,
0: they're stage hogging. It's super yeah, annoying.
1: I mean, th- no, can I just say on a side note, flies have got cocky since lockdown. Yeah. Haven't they? Yeah. Like, you know what? You used to go like that and they just go, oh, all right, I'll go. Now they're like, ah, uh, nah. Yeah. I but agree. I think they've got really cocky. Lockdown flies. Yeah, lockdown flies. Like, oh, my God. right. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, just, just being on my own. After I'd had that sort of first like five minutes, it was just really, really nice. I just remember <laughs> literally just sitting there looking out and I'm looking at people. I'm making up stories in my head. I love people watching. Oh my God. It's the one thing I miss. I is love sitting somewhere it. and just looking at people. It sounds a bit pervy, but.
0: No, it's great.
1: Like literally, I loved it. I've made up stories. Like uh, there was this story that I made up about this couple that like she was seeing this guy. Yeah. And, I, and I believed it. Mm. I believed it, but then that's how I've passed my time.
0: It's the best... Once, me and my best mate, Laura, went on holiday together, and this was about, I don't know, 12 years ago, and there was a lady in our hotel who was on her own, and we were people watching everyone, but we had made up a whole story about... Oh, my God,
1: I'm the story. You're the
0: story. Why she was there, and we'd worked out some grand, ridiculous story. So one night, we were so intrigued, we walked over and said, do you want to have dinner with us tonight? Just so we could find out. And be nice to her. And she'd say that. Liar. Because we wanted her to... Not feel lonely. Um, we had this lovely dinner, and she was like, Yeah, I'm on a work trip and I've got an extra day off. And I was like, Can't be that. That can't be the story. We we've thought up... you were a spy. Yeah, we <laughs> made up a much better story than that. But it is, um, people watching is the best way to pass time. I it's think it's glorious. so good for the soul. I think it's good for the To watch soul.
1: other people. Mm. Because I, I feel like I learned a lot about myself from looking at other people. Yes. I was like, Oh, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> not. I know. I mean, I would never put those shoes with them leggings. Yeah. <laughs> or even
0: wear the leggings. I mean,
1: I mean, I don't mind a pair of leggings. So. Don't mind
0: a pair of leggings. Um, so look, there's so many things I want to talk to you about today. As well as being, and this is something that from reading your book, and I already had a big inkling towards this, but reading your book really cemented this thought. You know, you're a very well-loved broadcaster. I would even say national treasure these oh, days, right? Yeah. You're so...
1: Nads, can you put that on the website?
0: Yeah, going on the website, Instagram bio. (laughs)
1: Um, Fair concept. But
0: you're you're such a brilliant broadcaster, but what you're really, really brilliant at is manifesting. And I don't know how you feel about that word. No, yeah. But from reading your book and seeing, you know, young Ross going, I want to do this, this and this, and you did it, and you were unstoppable in your pursuit of getting what you wanted to do. Do you... Do you have an awareness of how good you are at manifesting, or are you even aware that you're doing it?
1: I think I, I did go through a stage, I remember just before X Factor. And um I I went to Ibiza is one of my favorite places, and I it's one of yours as well. Love and it. there's a place in Ibiza called Esvedra, The Rock. And I used to live out there years and years and years ago. I was in a boy band, and it was so. It was just such a special place, Espedra. It's just a beautiful place. And there's sort of like the folklore of it all, that you go there to make your wishes and stuff like that. And it was two weeks before my... Um, no, two days before my X-Factor audition that I was on the island. I was doing a shoot for men's hair extensions, hence the long blonde hair that oh, I, I had I loved in. that
0: hair. Bring that back.
1: I, I mean, I've still got it in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> so um, you can borrow it, it look lovely on you. It would actually, it's the same colour. Yeah, just a bit of volume, you know? Oh babe, so I love that. But I I was there and and basically I just picked up these like two rocks on the beach and I sort of made my wishes, if you like. And I threw one in and kept one in my pocket. And that this is what's in that first book. And um all of them things happened straight away. And I mean straight away. And the night that I left X-Factor, every single performance that I did of X-Factor, I had That rock in my back pocket, that little pep, like that little rock in my back pocket, and the night of the night that I ended up leaving X Factor, um, Nicole was standing next to me, Scherzinger, and I had, I was holding her hand, and she went, "Are you ready?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm ready." And I went, "Oh, hang on a minute," and I took the rock out of my pocket and I gave it to her, and she went, "What are you doing?" And I went, it's done its job. It's time for me to go home.
2: Wow. And I went. Wow.
1: And yeah. And I do believe in things like that, definitely. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. I
0: think life's depressing otherwise. Yeah. I, I need a bit of that magic and belief. And, I mean, it's one thing to, whether you're in a beautiful place with amazing ley lines like Ibiza or just wanting things to happen, it's yeah. one thing wishing for these things to happen but you have to believe that it's possible as well definitely did you you always have that belief like i actually do think this is a realistic dream and desire
1: i want to say yes but i also want to say no because i always knew in my head somewhere and i didn't know how why or what that i was supposed to do something like this and, you know, I, I wasn't a terrible kid at school or anything like that. But, you know, when they're chucking me a rugby ball, because I went to a rugby school, I would literally give it to the other team and then lay on the floor with my hands on my head. Because I thought, this ain't what I'm going to do. No. Like, don't really care. Keep your Pythagoras' spirit. Go to school, kids, by the way. Yeah. Education's important. Um, but I just knew whatever I wanted to do, whether it was this or that, I, I, I just, I'm that sort of person to think, I don't need a piece of paper to tell me I can do it. You know, like, if I wanted to be uh, an Olympic gold medalist uh, and the fastest man in the world, then I'd train to do that. And I would be that person because that person's done it. Or if I wanted to be able to do 20 backflips across this stage, someone can do that. So I can do that if I want to, if I train to do it. So I just think falling into this, um, doing this job, you know, Big Brother to me was the ultimate apprenticeship because they gave me my job when I wasn't, a TV presenter. i just won it. And there is nothing more beneficial to someone to learn a job than to be thrown in at the deep end Mm. sometimes. And um, yeah, I mean, I learned how to present that show on the job. And the best thing that I ever did was get my teeth done first time round. Because (laughs) everyone was so talking about my teeth and taking the (laughs) mick out of me for about two months. By the time they'd got used to the teeth, I was a good presenter. Oh, that's So, so
0: good. That's so clever. That's so clever. Because I'm always grateful that I started TV presenting terribly before social media. It didn't exist.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> it was so long ago. The dream. The dream. So I was awful, but I didn't even know it.
1: <laughs> you I, just, were, nah, well, I was 15.
0: Of course I was. I was going, he's a cartoon. <laughs> but I would go home and go, yeah, great, great job. But, you know, it's not like that now. So it is. that's a wonderful distraction.
1: Yeah. I mean, so if ever you want to just deflect of something you're not good at, it's get Easter some veneers. Up. Yeah.
0: I love Definitely. that yeah. um, but it's been extraordinary because not only let's actually just go talk about X Factor a minute because you know w- you, you've done brilliantly in every goal that you've set out to achieve you've, you've done it, you've presented the shows that you' dreamed of presenting as a kid or being part of, but getting that that f- I, guess, I guess getting through to maybe the live shows of X Factor, that first huge moment where you're like, "I'm actually doing this, I'm on yeah. primetime TV. Do you think you can ever replicate that kind of high, that kind of excitement about doing well or succeeding?
1: I mean, the moment that it happened was quite well documented when I had a breakdown in Dubai. It's amazing. And cried into Nicole Scherzinger's area.
0: You wept and you knelt at her feet. I
1: I wept into her groin. Yeah,
0: it was amazing.
1: Is what I did, but... I mean, there was a story to that. It was... I mean, God bless Caroline Flack. Like, she was so close to me on that show, and she was such a such a, an amazing friend to me afterwards. Uh, but she was a terrible person because she got me very drunk the night before. We were in the swimming pool till 7 o'clock. Oh, wow. Um, and literally, they were like, you need to go to bed. The result was in, like, two hours. So it, that emotion was joy, but also, please get me on the plane. My face is yeah. melting. Um But it was, it didn't really kick in until I landed at the airport and saw my mum. And she was like, don't worry, it's fine. She didn't think no one thought I was getting through, let's be honest. And I was like, no, it's fine. And I didn't tell her. We got in the car and after I looked the M25, I was like, mum, I did get in. She was like, what? I was like... I, I'm, uh, I'm going through to the live show. She was like, well, I won't repeat it because... No,
0: we know Linda's mouth. Y- we
1: all know what Linda's like. <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, and that literally was... It's nice in a way, as much as that meme haunts me of me crying, it is actually nice to know that the moment that I genuinely knew it had all changed is so well documented. Yeah. So, like, I've got that moment It's so etched. cool. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. Let's talk about lovely Linda because I'm sure everybody <laughs> like me here loves watching Gogglebox <laughs> and loves seeing you on it. Oh, It's the best, it's the best, it's the best. And, and from reading your book, you've just got a really brilliant dynamic that works yeah. and you've got each other's back. How, how important has that been throughout this craziness of the last 10 years? I mean,
1: with, that, with my first book, I think the dedication was, you're my biggest mm, headache, but I don't know <laughs> what I'd do without you. And it's true, like she is that mum. My brother's here today as well. And she is that mum. She will, especially now with how my life is, I, I was lucky enough that I was able to build my mum a house and get her that, and it's five minutes up the road from me. But the worst thing I ever did was give her my gate code.
0: Oh, terrible, yeah.
1: Because I will, I will lie to her on the phone and go, Mum, don't come round in the morning because I am working or I've, I've got training or something like that. What happened? not come on now right so <laughs> what does she do
0: she's popping nine in that o'clock in the morning code. i'm in
1: bed like oh a lovely night and then i hear hello <laughs> well i've never bolted down the stairs quicker and bored right <laughs> out she, who's cast that? i'm like Get oh up. no Get up. she she's i could not imagine my life without her you know she's been through quite a lot with her health she's got crohn's disease and you know she's on a drip feed now like pretty much 24-7 whenever she can get on it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'd do anything for my mum. Like She she does not listen. She will never listen. Gogglebox is the easiest job I've ever done because I literally sit on my kitchen sofa and they go, right, here we go. I don't have to say a word. It she's is the incredible. easiest money I've ever earned in my life. Because I literally have just pressed one button on her and she's gone.
0: It's amazing. It's
1: great. But she has no idea.
0: No, no. She has no
1: idea. She was in the pie Mass shop the other day. And she had a mask on because they were wearing masks in there. And she was like, oh, I'll have this. Rah, rah. And they were like, Linda, that's on us. She went, how do you know who I am? <laughs> and they went, well, we remember, remember, know you from Gogglebox. She was like, oh, all right. And they were like, Linda, that one's on us. She went, no, I'll pay my way. Don't you be silly and put oh. a tenner down and walked out. It came to 23 quid.
0: Oh, Linda. Beautiful.
1: She's not silly. She's not silly. She,
0: the fact that she thought that the CGI Paddington Bear was a puppet like, made me laugh for about a week.
1: There are so many things that get cut out of Gogglebox, I and I just publicly want to thank the editors. <laughs> because I would not have a career... If half of what, what she said wonder- got what shown, she's What a gift! She, she's great. I love her, and like especially after the last year, I would not be here without my mum. Yeah, so, she's definitely. amazing. look after them while they're here. Definitely. Yeah, you've
0: got to. You've got to. And I'm so glad that she's been such support because you, you know, you, we've we've read about this. You've talked about it. You did have a rough time last year. You know, I resonated massively, knowing what you were going through and, and reading about it, as I had my own rough patch. I don't know, 10, 11 years ago, and at the time, obviously, it feels like the end of the world, awful. You can't mm. see out of the situation that you're in. I can now look back with a lot of distance, luckily, and see that it was like the start of a new thing and start of something else. And I wonder if you can recognise that in, in what you've been through.
1: I mean, I, I want to recognise that. And I think that's where I'm going, which is the right path. Um, but yeah, like you said, like I, I genuinely felt... How last year played out, nothing about it was right for me. Like everything was just wrong, wrong, wrong. The worst thing that I did was stop. I think on reflection, yeah. Why? Purely because I think I got so much into my own head, and I'd never been, I'd never been through any type of mental health crisis. I'd never, I dealt with uh, certain mental health problems second party with, with with people around me, but never. Personally, I was, I've always been that one who's in control. I've always been in that, that mindset of this is how this is going to work, the organiser, the fixer. That's what I've always done in all, all aspects of my life. And then all of a sudden, it, was, it would have been easier if someone just hit me around the face with a baseball bat because you can see it, it's physical, you can feel it. But that's what it felt like tenfold. And I'm sure there's a lot of people here that have been through things like that. And obviously, I went for a, a breakup. Um, I thought my life was set. I thought this is it. This is what's right. And on reflection, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, And yeah, I I was off for four or five months um, and I just went to a really bad decline. Very, very bad decline that I won't go too far into. Um, And like I say, I my mum was there for me, my team were there for me and all I wanted to do was not let anyone know and I know I got a message from you, I got messages from loads of people but I couldn't physically read it or see it because in my head, it, it just wasn't working. My head did not work and when you get to that lowest place, there is nothing, unfortunately, that can bring you out of it apart from you and you could have A million people surrounding you in a circle, telling you it's going to be all right, telling you that everything's going to be okay. But you might as well be deaf because you just can't hear it. You can't see, you can't hear. And um, there was a turning point for me um, that just made me go, I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. And that was the little switch that I needed to start that incline again. And it was a long, long incline. And I'm still on it. I'm, there's no way I'm at the top. I'm, I'm nowhere near it.
0: I think you just... You are then forever.
1: I, and, and I'm okay with that, yeah, actually. Same. Because I think when you've been at the bottom of the hill, you just know, look, I'll happily keep walking that way. Yeah. But just... I don't mind looking back a bit, but I'm not going back down no, no, that no. hill. Like, I, I will just keep walking. And um to, to answer what you just said about maybe this is the start... Yeah, I think it is. I think it is the real start. Everything happened for me very, very quick. I got famous literally overnight. I got with my ex very, very soon after that. I hadn't really had my new world fit me yet. And then I was in a bubble then, and I thought that I weren't allowed out of that bubble and that my work should be this and my personal should be that and this is how it had to be. and. I just thought I had everything I wanted, but I didn't, unfortunately. And I look back now thinking, am I glad that I went as low as I did? Yes, is what I'm gonna say, because I know I'll never, ever let myself go back to it, mm. ever.
0: Well, it's, um, thank you very much for sharing that, and I, I absolutely agree, because I've I've wrestled with that one. Um, am I glad that I felt like that, that that all <laughs> happened? I I think you when you've been through anything and and everybody here will will have a story and and something that perhaps resonates with with what you've just said but you know I've wrestled with that would I have liked things to have been different do I have regrets whatever but but I'm glad I'm on this new totally unexpected path over here so you can't dwell too much on that I wish this hadn't happened I wish that no. hadn't happened whatever and just look to the future and, and a new path which you're I think it's doing. part of
1: us. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it, it sounds cheesy, but it's part of the story. Yeah, it's part of the storyline. If life was a storyline, mm. you need to have the odd <gasps> shock moment.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: I find it so interesting that you believe that taking time out was the worst thing because I found that admirable when i was going through a very dark time i didn't know it was an option and i went into work every day and i probably shouldn't have been there yeah and i think that made me decline quicker so i'm so intrigued about that
1: i think on reflection yes stopping was the complete right thing to do this happened 2 days before i was due to do eurovision i know so Everyone knew when I weren't at Eurovision, something's wrong because he likes Eurovision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I think if I maybe had done it, if I'd done Eurovision, I may not have gone on such a quick decline. Yeah. And it, when I say it was a quick decline, it was, it felt like minutes. Mm. I felt like I'd had the jab and phew, I was shutting down. That's, yeah. that's literally what it was. And my body did completely shut down. You know, that I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't, I went for a stage where I couldn't even talk, which to some people might be quite quite handy, but it genuinely on a serious level, like my speech was just slurred. And I my mum genuinely thought I was having a stroke. Like it was, it was my body just went and I went down to nine stone and I'm six foot four. That's oh. not healthy. So yeah, it was it was hard. But on reflection, yes, I needed to stop. And maybe it was an amalgamation of 10 years of I didn't stop since the day I went on X-Factor, nothing stopped. Um, So, yeah, I don't regret stopping. I do feel, though, if I tried to carry on, maybe I could have dealt with things Mm. better from a personal point of view. Um, But I don't regret that I stopped. And actually, like doing what I did last week with Barcelona, that's a stop to me. And that's now how I'm going to manage going forward. If I feel I need a stop, have a stop. Yeah. But have an enjoyable stop yeah. with yourself and don't be frightened of your own company because, you know what, I'm pretty all right.
0: Do you know what, it's the best. <laughs> when you start to get comfortable with being on your own, it's really something, yeah, It's like,
1: it? oh, no, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah it's great. But no, it's, and I think that's, that's, I think that's a bit of a key. I'd never been on my own my entire life, yeah, ever. And I'm not just talking about relationships. I'd, I'd always lived with my mum. Then I went on X Factor. I then met my ex-partner. We moved straight in together. I'd never lived on my own ever at 32 I was last year when this all happened I'd never lived on my own Mm. and then all of a sudden you're on your own yeah and I was so frightened that's what I was frightened of being on my own Mm. I think that's what it was I was frightened of my own company and I was frightened of not having someone there but there's one thing I still can't do and it's really really annoying me I cannot watch a box set I can't I
0: can't I'm not interested without someone with me
1: thank you I, because I, I'm the sort that will sit there and go, oh, see, No, oh. same.
0: Uh, it, doesn't, oh. it doesn't hold my concentration. No. I no. think I'll do something else. Yeah, I, and then, I, then the I, next
1: thing I know, I just put Ab Fab or Gimme, Gimme, Gimme on yeah, that.
0: Yeah, oh, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Oh. What a Thanks.
1: reference. <laughs> but, uh, but that's literally what I do, and I find myself just watching the same old things.
0: I'm exactly the same. No, I think you can... Don't worry about conquering that one.
1: I'll get uh, there. Just part
0: of that one. I'll get there. How was it integrating back into... All this, like being in front of people and being in the public eye and doing your job, standing on a stage with a microphone. How did that feel getting back into it?
1: Well, the first thing that I went back to was Strictly. <laughs> so a really low-key show. Very low-key. You uh, know, no-one watches here, you know, no, one it, <laughs> you know, like, no, no viewers. And um, <laughs> when you're thrown into the glitter you've got a sparkle. So yes, babe. it was what actually, again, it was a bit like when I first started big brother, you learn on the job and I was learning to be a new me on the job. Um, and it's sink or swim. Mm. And I'd already sunk. And I was like, Mm-mm, let's start paddling and we'll start with doggy paddle and then we'll work our way up to front crawl. So yeah, it, it was really difficult, but I had my, my team with me all the time. Like, They were glued to my hip for the first few weeks, which I'm glad that they were. I had my wobbles. I I completely had my wobbles on air. I I found myself getting annoyed if I'd made a little mistake.
0: Mm, I still do that.
1: Uh, Just a little mistake. And before it never bothered me, I'd laugh it off. But I'm out of that phase now. So, like, when I'm on Radio 2 and I press the wrong button, I'm like...
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, the desk, by the way, is... It's like, it's a like the spaceship. Crystal Maze. It is, it's horrendous. Like you think, oh, it just all sounds, no. yeah, put a bit of a music on. It's hectic. And
1: it's from like 1940.
0: It's so old. It's made of wood. There's it's a wooden wood. desk. Yeah, it's wood. It's really weird. Well, I know, and
1: Tony Blackburn's under the desk going, who? Hey, yeah, he,
0: he literally <laughs> is. Get out. Get out. It's unimaginable, honestly. I, it's it's indescribable almost. It's mad. Um, <laughs> and during that time out, you know, <clears throat> Did you consciously think about, right, because obviously you actively created this character at first, created Rylan, Ryan. when yeah. you were modelling and now you know, creating who you were going to be with a public persona. Has that changed during this process? Have you thought, oh, no, I am just... Rylan and Ross are the same thing now. Or, or is there still a difference? Is there still a difference, sh- sort of a, a, a conscious moment of you go, now I click into to Rylan? Do you know what? I
1: think that plays a part with the people that are around you and I think I was in a situation for quite a long time where Rylan had to be separate and Ross had to be separate. And I think I I sometimes felt embarrassed to be Rylan and I sometimes was, was made to feel like that's wrong and, and thing, just things like that, like, that maybe that's not what I should be doing and, and things like that. But since I've come back, I think I've realised that in that book, there was a chapter, Ross meet Ryland. In my new book, there's a chapter Rylan Ryland meet Ross. Mm. And I think it's about amalgamation of the two a bit more. And it's just like stupid things. Like I didn't really make time for my family, I think. My, my side of the family, as much as I should have done at times. And then, you know, last night, I'm there with my my brother, my sister-in-law and stuff like that, and we're having a lovely time at Westlife, given it, you raised me up.
0: Oh, what a moment. I
1: mean, yeah, literally cried about eight times. Um, and I think it's about merging my two worlds a bit more because I think I was just... I'm trying to think of the word that won't <laughs> be salacious, um, but I think I I had to keep it separate. And I think I was made to feel like I should be separate. But actually, why should I be separate? I should, I should bring my family to things. I should make it normal. And like like today I want to walk around and do all of that. And like obviously I'll meet everyone and say hello and stuff like that. But that's what Ross wants to do. Rylan's this bit. Ross wants to do that. I might just change my name to Mary or something.
0: Yeah, Mary suits you.
1: Start again. You yeah, know.
0: Clive, <laughs> Janice. It's just right. throwing out some yeah. others. Brenda. Brenda. I like Brenda. Yeah. I like... Yeah, I think... Do you, was Ryland ever sort of... Um, I guess suit of armor and protection. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: Ross don't wear this much makeup. Put it that
0: way. Oh, that's a shame. Um,
1: But yeah, no, it's it. It is. I think it's the way I deal with it. You talking about socials earlier? You get so many, nice word for a podcast, idiots on social media, and I could. I think you could literally say, I found the cure for cancer. And I'm gonna give it to everyone who's got cancer for free. And someone will go, nah,
2: yeah. nah,
1: oh, you're only doing it for ascension.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> what does know? Like, Dieter, Dieter Von T said this brilliant thing once, something like, you could be handing out the juiciest peaches ever, and then it'll be someone who doesn't like peaches. Yeah. And I was like, that's so true. It's that someone will buy
1: it and say it's bitter.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a bit furry. Yeah. You know, peaches are furry, babes. Have a wax. Have a wax. Um <laughs> Can you wax a peach? That's something... That's a nectarine, essentially, isn't it? I'll
1: talk, I'll talk to you afterwards. Right.
0: Oh, God.
1: I've seen a couple of videos I where you can. bet you have, babes.
0: Um, due to... Where's the that nat- security
1: guard, by the way?
0: <laughs> <laughs> due to the nature of how your career started, let's use X Factor as the sort of main example, the public voted you into that space. Yeah. So what's your relationship been with the public? Because seemingly at first you felt like all power was with the public. I'm here because they've said I can be. But, of course, things change after that moment. You've worked incredibly hard. You've learned tons of different skill sets to be able to do a live radio show, live TV broadcast. So what's your relationship now with how much power you give the general public and the audience?
1: Um, I am still that kid on X Factor when it comes down to that. I will never, ever forget that the first six, seven months of my career was a public vote. It was X Factor, and then I went straight into Celebrity Big Brother. Everything was the public, and I wouldn't be doing my job if people didn't do that. I know that, I'm not stupid. And I've always felt in debt, I suppose, is the term, um, to anyone that that helped make that happen for me. So the, the prime example is I would never say no to anyone. I'd never, well, there's certain things I wouldn't do. But. It's not a lot I wouldn't do. Either, disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. But I, w- I would never say no to anyone. So I, I could be on holiday. I remember on my honeymoon, I, we went to the Maldives and I landed on the island. It was a private island. And within two minutes, someone went, Rylan! And I was like, oh no. <laughs> like I, The last place I thought it happened. But you do it. And yes, there are sometimes, prime example, if... I'm at a urinal. Please don't try and shake my hand.
0: They're just basics. It genuinely happens. It genuinely
1: happens. Um, I I remember there was one time that did upset me a little bit. My mum was really, really unwell a couple of years back that we didn't talk about, that no one really, really knew. And I was going up to the hospital. No one's at a hospital for a good reason, let's be honest. We're not there for a day out and a jolly. And it was like one o'clock in the morning. My mum had had quite a bad turn. I had to drive up there. And uh, I got in the lift, and I was I was visibly quite upset. And people, I don't think people think all the time. It was like, "Oh, Riley, you want to send a selfie?" And I'm like, "Sorry, like you know." What I, mean? I was like, didn't know what was going on. And it's just those moments when I'm a bit like, "I wish I wasn't this person." Like, I wish I wasn't this person. But I would never, ever forget how I ended up where I am. And anyone could stop me anywhere. And I'm just grateful all the time that I got to where I am because of those people. And there's a lot of people that work in our industry that aren't like that. And I think more people should be a bit more grateful for where we are because, yeah, we could be the best people at our jobs. We could be uh, the the best at everything we do off our own back. But ultimately, if you're not liked by people that are sat in this room or something like that. You don't need to be liked by everyone. Give give a little bit back. Oh, like, my God. I mean, hurt. this
0: wouldn't be happening if these lovely people hadn't turned up to the festival or yeah. weren't listening to the podcast. Exactly. That, that gratitude is immense. And yeah. I think, you know, probably because, you know, I've certainly was in a point in my career I thought, oh, I don't think I can do this anymore. and actually don't think anyone wants me to do it anymore.
1: I, I, that's where I was last year.
0: So this is it. We, We now have this ultimate gratitude. Like, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for everybody engaging with the work we're doing. No. And th- if you wake up with that gratitude every day, your day's already off to a, to a great start.
1: Absolutely. And uh, do you know what? The, I think the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I've learned about the public and my relationship that I've got with them is whenever I meet anyone, the first thing that goes, well, what are you, chill? It's the first thing. <laughs> and I'm like, So do don't I say look, that like, if you... I'm <laughs> like, do I look like a hobbit? I'm telling yeah. it. Um, and then the... The second thing that I've really got okay with is you can't please everyone. Nope. You really can't please That's everyone. That's the
0: hardest thing to accept.
1: It, and you know what? Like I say, last year was that reset. And like you say, is this the start? I think it is because I've learned not to let the little things bug me. Like, literally, if I'm running 10 minutes late, I hate being late. But if I'm running 10 minutes late, no-one's going to die. No. Do you know what I mean? Whereas before, I'd be, like, sweating, put my tan on in the car. Like, oh, 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 oh <laughs>
0: God, get me up. And no, sweating a tan is a horrible thing. I
1: mean, it's happening now. Right. I'm moist. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 you can't please everyone. No. And you're always going to get someone that don't like you. And that's absolutely fine if you don't like what I do. But you don't know me. Mm. And all I care about is that the people around me that I actually care about... Do know me, mm. and anyone that I meet that don't know me personally that's lovely, I'll care about them for caring about me. So mm. yeah, and to everyone else that's just a bit of a... oh oh mm.
0: Yeah. Uh-uh. I agree) <laughs> I absolutely agree, and um, you're right, none of us in life can please everybody, and we'll probably all feel that pressure within our own families, friendship circles, people wanting certain things from us, roles that we fulfil in certain dynamics, and and you can't, and you'll end up driving yourself absolutely mad trying to, and I certainly, like last week, I felt absolutely sick about putting this festival on, because... I felt that pressure. I want everybody here to have a nice time. All the yeah. shop exhibitors, the yoga instructors, the meditation teachers, I want everybody to like it. That's out of my control. Yeah, it's, that's it, not
1: your job. No,
0: you have to just let go of it. And it's excruciating, but we will all drive ourselves mad if Absolutely. we're clinging hold of that. And about. do you know what?
1: We can sit here and go, oh, it's so inspiring, you know, you don't care about anyone. We're still going to get annoyed when someone goes, drives past in a car and goes, gay boy. You're like, oh, shut up. Like, <laughs> you know <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, what, you, you, you available? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> hello? I'm single now, like, I'm back. No, it's
0: still horrible, because I, I never understand when people say, oh, I don't care what people think about me, it's water for ducks back. I don't feel like that. Listen, I'm looking at them ducks out there, there's no water off their back. I know. You, who made that one up? I'm with you, I find it them very hard. Them ducks are hard. dry. They're so dry dry as you like. <laughs> What's your relationship with just fame in general now? Because, well. yes, <laughs> because obviously this was you know, the start of your career. You knew that was going to happen. You were obsessed with watching Big Brother. Mm. You loved all of the reality shows. You wanted to be a part of that. You obviously had a preconceived idea of yeah. what that would bring, how that would make you feel internally. Has it lived up to what your previous beliefs were? That
1: is exactly what this past four months for me has been about with the new book that oh. I've got coming out. So the new book's called Ten, and it literally is. Oh, it's ten years this year since I went on X Factor, um, an actual decade, and I'm only on my third face. Um, <laughs> but
0: I'm on my first.
1: <laughs> but the whole book is about lessons I've learned. and so there'll be a cha- there's chapters on fame, celebrity, blah blah things like that, and it's looking for me at what it was then and what it is now. And has my opinions changed on anything? You know when you first start out doing anything, whether it be working in a shop that you love or doing a business that you enjoy doing, everything's all shiny when it's new. Everything's shiny when it's new. And I am so, so incredibly grateful that I like my job and I love my job. But at the same time, it is a job still. And there are certain days that you get up and it doesn't matter whether you're getting paid a pound or a million pounds to do something. There are certain days when you get out of bed and go, I, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't, I, I, or I don't feel like I want to do this today. And I think, like we were talking about earlier, about finding that balance between sort of Ross and Ryland. is finding that balance with, am I Ryland the second I leave my gates of my house? Or am I Ross until I'm on telly? Like... And it's, it's, it's just amalgamating them too. And fame's a funny thing because I don't class myself as anywhere near like an A-lister or something like that. But genuinely, I've been in situations <laughs> where let's say Madonna is walking along this side of Oxford Street and I'm walking along that side and someone's walking towards them. They see Madonna and then they see me they want the photo with Madonna, but they go. Do you know what? Ryland's all right. We're we'll going say hello to him. Yeah, because
0: they know you're going to be because nice. Because they know
1: I'm going to be. Yeah, they think they right. know you. Yeah. And and it's like, it's it's ridiculous when when I go out and because I'm like forty foot tall as well, yeah. with the biggest teeth on telly, the beard, everything. I could go out in a blonde wig and a COVID mask, and people still go, "Oh look, this Ryland." Yeah. So it it, it is just. But I'm I'm finally all right with that. I wasn't all right with that for years because I think with the people that were around me as well, I would be made to think that's upsetting them and, you know, this isn't a work thing. This is a, you know, and for me, I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. But things, yeah, you do start looking at things differently. I think you just start to realise that, Not everything's real in this industry. No, not very
0: much is. And not
1: everyone is as well. I think that's important to say, not mentioning no names. But it's all right to have colleagues as mates in this industry, but to have a handful of actual friends is really important. And I can say I've got a handful of actual friends, but a load of colleagues that are mates. And there is a difference between that. Um, and I think that's what this 10 years is, has been, is learning for me that you don't have to be best friends with the people you maybe work with. You don't have to say to everyone in interviews, oh, my God, we're so close, and oh, yeah, we like live together in each other's pockets. We don't. Mm. And that's all right. Yeah. Like, because that's real life. That's what happens in any walk of life. You know, people have got friends in the office that they work in that aren't there mates, mates outside of work? But you'll go for a drink with them yeah, after work. Sure. And, and, stuff like that. and that's all right yeah. to, to do that. So I think I've just learned that as much as it's a fabricated life that we live in a lot of the time, it's still quite real. And I think the more you're quite honest about how real the fabrication of our weird world is, where one minute you're interviewing Hillary Clinton, the next minute you're doing a video for McDonald's in a drive-thru. Got ya. It, it's all right to just be like, yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Like, this, this is all right. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like that. I once had this moment where I'd been interviewing Coldplay and it was really amazing and exciting. And then I, I was home within 20 minutes and it was when my son was a toddler. And as soon as I walked in, he pooed on the floor. Nice. And I was like, wow, I do, that. I do that. I've gone from that to that in 20 minutes. And <laughs> I was like, I needed that. Yeah, I needed literally. to be brought back down to earth.
1: I mean, literally, down to earth.
0: Down to earth. I was quite literally cleaning poo off the floor.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: But look, it's, it's so good to have this chat with you. And I, I'm so glad that you're on a brilliant path of feeling like yourself again and putting yourself out there because we all missed you I'm when you took it, that I'm break. Getting it. But I'm glad that you did. And I'm so grateful for your time today, especially Anything. as you've got a bit of a hangover. And, um, well, uh, <laughs> and um, thank you, Rylan. everyone. Give it up for Ryland. Oh, Ryland, you angel from heaven, thank you for that chat. I bloody love Ryland, as you can probably tell from that chat just there. There was a whole spectrum of emotion in there. It was just a beautiful conversation, just the way it should be. Ryland's new book, Ten, The Decade That Changed My Future, is available from the 29th of September in hardback, audio and ebook. I'll be back next week. And I'd bloody love it if you were there too. So make sure you're following the podcast feed so you can listen as soon as the next episode's available. And in the meantime, come and let us know which of our live podcast guests you particularly resonated with on Instagram. We adore hearing from you. Our Instagram is at happyplaceofficial. Huge thanks again to Rylan, to the producer Anushka Tate at Rethink Audio, and to you, I mean it. I love you, you're brilliant, and I'll chat soon.